The Word of God that we're going to look at this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11, which reads, You will be enriched in every way for great generosity, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. That's our text. In the name of Jesus, amen. Scrooge, how many of you have heard that name Scrooge? All these hands going up. Well, that means that probably you also know the little book that uh, Charles Dickens wrote from which that name comes, Scrooge. You remember how he is described, though, at the very beginning of that book? Listen. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, Scrooge, a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner, hard and sharp as flint, from which no steel had ever struck out a generous fire. That was Scrooge. Well, the, day the, 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 uh, the book begins on a very special day, the day before Christmas. And uh, his nephew comes by and wishes him Merry Christmas. And, of course, Scrooge responds to that by saying, Bah humbug. And then some gentlemen come by, and they are asking for charity. They're asking for gifts so that they can give food to the poor. And he dismisses them with curt sarcasm. That night, something very special happens. That night, as you know, three spirits come. The ghost of Christmas past and the ghost of Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas yet to come. And during that night, of course, they show him things that he has long forgotten and dismissed. And they show him things that he has ignored and scorned. And they show him things that he's never seen before, and they make him aware of things that he's never been aware of before. And all through the night, as he sees these various things, he begins to realize that in making a living, he has not been living. That in his getting and having and holding on to, he has robbed himself of life. And he makes a pledge. By the end of the night, he makes a pledge. And the pledge is a pledge to generosity. And the very next morning, he begins to fulfill that pledge. He, weighed, he raises the wage of his uh, housekeeper. He sends a turkey over to Bob Cratchit's house, determines that the next morning he's going to raise the salary of Bob Cratchit. He goes to his nephew's house and says that he really wants to be an uncle to him, and he's going to help him out when he is in need. And he makes a decision that he's going to pay the medical expenses of Tiny Tim. He makes a decision that he is going to be generous from now on. And he's a new man. He's a new man. And he has come to know that the secret of happiness and joy is the life of generosity. Do you know something? Jesus taught and lived the very same thing. And the Apostle Paul picking up on what Jesus said and how he lived, pass that on to the Corinthians. This great truth, that life in the Lord is a life of generosity. That life in the Lord is a life of generosity. And that's what we want to look at in the next few minutes. We want to look at generosity. We want to look at the three P's of generosity. The first P of generosity is priority. 
The second P of generosity is percentage. And the third P of generosity is progressive. And I pray this morning as we look at all of these things that uh, God will bless my speaking and your hearing. Now the first P of generosity is priority. If I'm going to be a generous person, I must make generosity a priority in my life. And I will not do that until I have first seen and seen the generosity of God in my life. It's always there, but I may not be aware of it. I may never think about it. But I have to think about the generosity of God in my own life. Luther points to this, doesn't he? He says that God has given us body and soul. He has given us eyes, ears, and all my members. And then he goes on to name all these various things that God gives us which are necessary for our living. And after he names all of those things, then he finally concludes by saying this. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. What he's saying is, you know something? God is generous. God is generous. Well, David, of course, realized this too. He had gathered funds for the building of the temple. And then after that, he has this very special prayer. And he prays this, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We have a generous God. We have a generous Heavenly Father. But we also have a generous Savior. Now just think of that, our Lord Jesus Christ. How can you ever uh, top the generosity of our Lord Jesus Christ? That He gave His own life for us. That He first of all lived a perfect and holy life for us. Well, first of all, I could say that He came from the riches of heaven to the poverty of this earth so that we might have the riches of heaven. But while he was here on earth, of course, he lived this perfect and holy life for us. And then he died our death for us. He took our judgment into his own body and soul. Think of that. Think of what was in that. Because out of that then comes our peace, our hope, our forgiveness, the gift of eternal life. All of these things, huh? All of that part of the generosity of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. And as you read through the Gospels, my goodness, you see that generosity coming out over and over again as he deals with people, he talks to people, he ministers to people, he serves people. What you're seeing all through that is our Lord's generosity. And then comes the Holy Spirit. Think of that. The Holy Spirit, that he is the one who gives me faith that he is the one who comes to me and strengthens me in faith as I go through life, that it is he who, who gives me peace and, and comfort and encouragement and gives me the strength to meet the challenges of life. Goodness, I could go on and on and on. When we begin talking about the generosity of God and you look at the scriptures and you look at what has, is happening in our own lives, we could go on and on and on and on talking about the generosity of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But it is that generosity then that inspires our generosity. And Paul in the, in the epistle lesson in our text says it is out of our thanksgiving, out of our appreciation, out of our gratitude that comes our generosity. But there's a problem here. We are not by nature generous. We we're born in sin. You know what? We're all born Scrooges. 
We are all born Scrooges. We are born selfish, and we are born for me only. And so the question comes, if I am born selfish, and I'm born only for me, how do I become generous? I become generous as I look at the generosity in, of God in my own life and then make a decision. I am going to be a generous person. That I am going to be a generous person. We make a decision that generosity is going to be my lifestyle. Generosity is going to be my lifestyle. And that's what I mean when I say that we must make generosity a priority in our lives. That to be a generous person, I have to make that a priority. In the Old Testament, when God told, talked to his people about first fruits, he talked about bringing the first grain that was harvested and talked about the, bringing the first fruit that was picked. What he was point, pointing to was generosity. And when Jesus talked about putting the kingdom first and his righteousness first, he was talking about generosity. He was talking about priority, priority. And when Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive, he was talking about priority. So if generosity is going to be a priority in my life, it comes down to a decision that I make. I have to make a decision. I am going to be a generous person. Now the question comes, when do I make that decision? When in my life do I make that decision? If you've not already made that decision, then the time to make that decision is right now. It's right now. There has to be a right now when I make that decision. Now you hear me say that. You need to make a decision right now to be a generous person. And as you hear me say that, you're going to think, goodness, there's no way that I can make that decision right now because, goodness, Pastor, you don't know the student debt I'm carrying. And you don't know the mortgage I have on the house. And you don't know about the car payments I have. And you don't know about how I'm looking forward to retirement and I have to start saving for retirement. Pastor, you don't know about any of these things. And that's the very point. There are, will always be reasons why I cannot decide to be a generous person. There will always be reasons. And the reasons are good reasons. And they are important reasons. Because after all, the children do have to be fed and, and braces on the teeth do have to be paid for. And, and we do have to save money for retirement. They're all important reasons. They're all good reasons. But that's the point. That's the very point. That in the midst of all of the important reasons, and in the midst of all of these very good reasons, I have to make a decision. What is going to be the priority in my life? Because generosity is a challenge. Generosity is a challenge. It means saying no to this. It means cutting back here. It means adjusting over here. It means changing over here. It means making my Lord first. 
It means making my Lord first. But the first thing after I do that I do after getting paid is is I make up my check for the Lord, or I fill my envelope. And any time I get a little bit extra, the first person I think of is not me, but my Lord. And when I inherit, the first person I think of is my Lord. When I get a bonus, the first thing I think of is my Lord. In other words, generosity becomes a priority. It's at the top of my mind always. It is there over against everything else. And I'm working out everything else to fulfill the goal of my life. So the first P is priority. Then the second P is percentage. Generosity is defined not by the dollars I give, but by the percentage of the dollars that I give. Generosity is not defined by the dollars I give, but by the dollars I left, I have left after I give. That was a great truth that Jesus taught his disciples in the very last days of his life. Because you know what? the very last week of his life, Tuesday in fact, he's in the temple. And one of the last things he does is give his disciples a lesson on generosity. And they are in the temple on that Tuesday and people are giving because they have these receptacles receptacles along the, the wall of the temple where people gave their money. And Jesus is there and they're watching and he says there are rich folks that, that came and give, gave their money. And he says nothing about them. There's no commendation there. But then he sees this little lady come, and she drops out two coins. And he says to the disciples, look, that's generosity that she has given so much. Her gift is huge in comparison to what she has and what she has left. The rich there have given little because of what they have and what they have left. Now, in terms of dollars, they gave more. But in terms of percentage over against what they had and what they had left, they gave less than she gave. Huh? So, when it comes to giving, then, then I have to think of that, you see. And my Lord commends generosity. Because if I look just at dollars, then I can begin to deceive myself. And if I look at just as dollar amounts, then I can begin to lie to myself. Because this is true. Statistics show that the more we have or the more we make, the less we give percentage-wise. In other words, the more the Lord gives me, the more I keep for myself. An example of that is this, that during the Depression, during the Depression, the depth of the Depression, 1934, Christians in America were giving more percentage-wise than they give today. So today we're giving more dollars, but we are giving less than our grandfathers did during the Depression. When I read this a few days ago, this really struck me. The Christians in India give more percentage-wise than Christians in America. India, one of the poorest nations on this earth, Christians there, in terms of percentage, give more than Christians 
in America. So the second P is of generosity is percentage. Now the question comes, where do I begin? Where do I begin when it comes to percentage? Well, the Lord has this all worked out for us. He says you begin with a tithe. That's all through the scriptures. In Leviticus, though, you have these words where it says, a tithe of everything from the Lord, whether grain from the soil or fruit from from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And Malachi, talking about the financial problems that were in the nation at the time, he says, you know the reason why there's such financial problems here in Israel at this time? It's because we are robbing God of the tithe. And there's a truth there that is as relevant today as it was back then. That if you leave God out of your financial picture, you are headed for trouble. It's as simple as that. That's the message of Isaiah. That's the message of Malachi. If you leave God out of your financial picture, you are headed for trouble. Now, when God gives us this word about tithing, the main thing that he's talking about is this. You can't be generous until you have a plan for being generous. You just can't say, I'm going to be generous without a plan. You've got to have a plan for generous, and there has to be a point in which you start toward working out that plan. And that's where the tithe comes in. That's where the tithe comes in. Because if I don't have a plan, my giving is going to be sporadic, and I will kid myself and deceive myself that I am generous. I don't have a plan. So the tithe is the plan. And also in the New Testament, you have the plan of every Sunday. Huh? If I don't follow that plan, what's going to happen to my uh, goal of generosity is I'm going to, my giving is going to be sporadic. I'm going to give when I have a friend who has cancer and they're having a benefit for that friend. And I'm going to give then. Or I'm going to give when I hear of a disaster and the Red Cross or something has an appeal for that disaster. Or I'm going to give when I see this picture of a child in Africa starving. And I'm going to give. And because, and then I'm going to give to the salvation at Christmas time. And because I'm giving now at a few dollars here and a few dollars there, I'm going to begin to think of myself as generous. And my generosity is going to be reduced to sporadic giving. If I don't have a plan, if I don't have a plan, when I come to church and I have not a plan, I will be dropping into the offering plate what I have in my pocket. And that will be it. And and the point is this. When my my giving is sporadic like that, I can begin to feel generous even while I'm being a Scrooge even while I'm being a Scrooge. And so the decision comes, the the problem comes in, when do I make this decision about tithing? Will I make it when I'm rich? No, because no one ever gets rich. There's always someone richer than I am, so I never get rich. Will I make that decision when I have more? Well, no, because I will never have the more that I'm looking for. Because I'm looking for more, I'm always going to be looking for more. So if I don't make that decision right now, I'm never going to make that decision. And so when it comes to tithing, I make that decision right now, right today. 
And when I do that, I'm, just, I'm accepting the challenge. I'm saying, I am going to accept the challenge of being a generous person. I am going to begin working toward tithing. Now, I, I may not be able to make that right today, but I'm taking up the challenge, and I'm going to begin working toward that. And so today, I'm going to give 1%. I'm going to give 2%. I'm going to make 5%. And I'm going to then eventually reach 10%. You see? This is where the pledge comes in. The pledge is simply a step toward reaching my goal of generosity. Because when I pledge, then I'm tying myself down and I'm saying, I'm going to be a generous person. I'm going to reach that thing, Lord, where you cause me to be. I am going to be intent. It's going to be a priority. And I am going to make that decision. And that helps me then to say to the Lord, yes. And it helps me to say no to the wants and whims that come. And so the second P is percentage, percentage. Now the third P is progressive. The third P is progressive. And what that means is this, a generosity is not static. I'm always growing. I'm always becoming generous. I'm always becoming generous. My whole life becomes a lifestyle of becoming a more generous person. And you know, you can think these things out as well. But just, for example, say you're beginning your working life and you're making $30,000, just for an example. And a tithe of that would be $3,000 a year. Now, you're going to have to plan very carefully and you're going to have to work very carefully to work that all out. I know that. But think of this. That 3000 leaves you 27000 to live on. 27000 to live on. Now, you've got to work very carefully to do that. But then as time goes on, as time goes on now, life goes on, you begin to make some more. And, and your wife goes to work. And the mortgage on your house is paid off. And the children now are grown and gone. And the 401k is beginning to look pretty good. You're making now close to $100,000. And you are tithing and you are giving 10%. $10,000. But you have $90,000 to live on. Back here you had $27,000 to live on. Now you have $90,000 to live on. Is that $90,000, what are you going to do with that? Is that have something to do with my relationship to the Lord? Does that have something to do with priority? Finally, what generous means is that I receive more in terms of percentage-wise, then my tithe begins to grow. And so now I'm giving 11%, and then I'm giving 12%, and, and so on. Now that's not easy, and I don't want anyone to think that that is easy. It is not easy. Because when God gives me more, I'm always tempted to think that more is for me. Jesus told a parable about that. He told a story about a farmer who, who kept getting more and more and more. And that farmer, as he got more and more and more, thought all that more was for him. And it was all for him on the day that he would retire. And finally came that moment, that day when he would retire. And now the more and more and more has accumulated, he has to build bigger barns. And he decides to build the bigger barns and to retire tomorrow. And he dies that night and the Lord says you fool you fool 
Generosity is progressive as I go through life. But there's three big S's that I've got to very careful of when I go through life. When I get more, I have to be so conscious of these three S's because they can rob me of my generosity. And the three S's, the first one is stuff. I live in a world, a consumer world, and there is always stuff. And every day I'm reading about this stuff and I'm seeing it on television, the world says, if you get this stuff, if you buy this stuff, then you're going to be happy, then you're going to be content, then you're going to be satisfied, but there's always more stuff. Always more stuff. So I have to be constantly aware of the temptation to stuff. The second temptation, as I receive more going through life, the second temptation is status. Because I live in a world that says, what you get determines your status. And the world has all kinds of things it wants me to buy so that I can show I've really got it made. Boy, I'm making it big. And so the world says, once you've got it, this is the kind of car you should drive. And once you've got it, this is the kind of clothes you should wear. And once you've got it, this is the kind of jewelry you should have. And once you've got it, this is the kind of vacations you should take. And once you've got it, once you've got it, once you've got it, and the world has got all of these things to give to me status in the world and identity. And the third thing I have to watch out for as I begin to receive more in life is security. Because if I begin to believe that my security depends upon me alone, then I'm going to become so obsessed with saving for my security that my giving is going to actually diminish as I get more. Because if, I'm sa- if, if I leave God out of my security, if I leave God out of my future, then what is enough to take care of someday? There'll never be enough to take care of someday. So I'm constantly, constantly, constantly getting more and more and more to take care of me someday. And when that happens, my giving dwindles. The third P when it comes to generosity is progressive. Well, I hope I've brought across one thing, and that is this. The generosity is not easy. It is not easy to be a generous person. But think of this. It's not easy to be a Christian. It's easy to say, I believe. But boy, once I've said, I believe, it's not easy after that. It's easy to say, I believe. But it is not easy to be a disciple. It is not easy to be a follower of Jesus. Listen to that. It is not easy to be a follower of Jesus. Think of this. Peter on that one day made a great confession. He confessed his faith to Jesus. He said, I believe you are. Then Jesus said, that's good, Peter. That's good that you believe. Now, Peter, take up your cross. Deny yourself and follow me. That's where the tough part comes in. That's where the tough part comes in. Our Lord does not call us to take a vow of poverty. There is nothing wrong with wealth because finally it is God who gives wealth. But God does call me to be generous 
at wherever I am in life. Now listen. The Lord does not call me to be generous because he needs my money. The church was here before my money was here. And the church will be here after my money is gone. He doesn't need my money. The reason, finally, that he calls me to be generous is that he wants me to be like my Savior, Jesus Christ. And he knows, too, that generosity is what life is about. And it is in generosity that I find happiness and joy and peace and contentment and satisfaction and meaning in life. I find that life is about generosity. That's what the Christian life is all about. And so, and I know there's lots of people here at Trinity who follow these three Ps. This is not new. Because as I look at our congregation and the giving in our congregation, I know that there are people here who are very conscientiously following these three Ps and have been for years. But if you have not, if and you are not, then you have to decide whether or not you're going to be generous according to the scriptures. And the time for doing that is right now. Amen.